welcome to Femaling, where we take a relatable, grounded look at the everyday stuff us modern women all experience. Thank you for joining me. My name is Nicole Goodman and I'm your host for today. I'm a certified CPCC Women's Life Coach and I'm here to offer my coaching perspective and share my very personal experiences of what I go through and look at what we modern women all manage in the day to day. If you are interested in any one-to-one coaching with myself, please contact me through my website, nicolegoodman.co.uk, and you can stay updated on all new podcasts right here, where I upload a new episode every Monday. To follow the rest of my work, join me over Instagram at nicolegoodman underscore life coach. Thank you for tuning in today and for continually tuning into Femaling. And now on with today's show. today's episode, I am joined by Jessica Scott. And Jessica and I discuss our personal journeys into finding self-love and peace after both of us realising that having the perfect body was not the key to true happiness. Jessica Scott is a former fitness coach with her bachelor's in biology, pre-medicine and a degree in mortuary science. She is a nationally qualified figure competitor and ran a successful online fitness coaching business for five years. A year and a half ago, her heart led her elsewhere. After a radical spiritual awakening, she stepped away from fitness coaching completely and began helping women in her online course, where she created Journey of Your Soul. Here she shows women how to listen to the unique hollering of their heart and become who they are here to be at their soul level. She is co-CEO of Sacred, a woman-owned company that creates frequency-infused MCT oils that launched in November 2018. She lives in the country in Illinois with her partner Rick and her five-year-old daughter Scarlett, who in many ways was the impetus of her shift from body-centric to soul-centric living. So today we are joined by the beautiful Jessica Scott, as I just said in my intro. Thank you so much for joining us here at Femaling. Thank you for having me. And today we're going to talk about self-love because this is truly what you are about as a coach. And I have followed you for ages now and I just absolutely love the message that you bring out and how you help the women that you coach. Um, And I was wondering if I could ask a request because you put up the most beautiful post yesterday on Instagram, which actually brought me to tears. And I think it's a beautiful way to start this podcast. Would you be so kind to read it out for us? Oh, I would love that. Thank you. I was actually a little trepidatious about posting this because um, it was quite vulnerable and this journey, I would still say I'm a little bit new to sharing authentically in this way. I've been an authentic sharer for a while, um, but I'm in a completely new arena of self-love. So after I posted this, there was a bit of a vulnerability hangover, as I like to say, Um, but it was very well received. So here goes. The photo is, uh, that is with this post is a picture on the left of me, very lean. I have not an ounce of cellulite on my body. I have eight pack abs and I'm in little teeny tiny pink uh, underwear with a sports bra on top. And I had taken this photo of me working out and the photo on the right is me now. So here's the caption. A client asked me today for some photos of my evolution into who I am today, and I sent this privately to her, and it made me so emotional, so I thought perhaps someone else might benefit from seeing and reading. My message to her, 
Well, that is me searching for my worth on the left and thinking that if I made my body perfect enough, I would feel amazing. I mean, that's what our culture teaches women, that we're to be looked at and adored for our beauty. I wasn't doing well. Mentally, I was a wreck. I thought the more I controlled my food and diet, it would help. You know, so much of the media tells us that mental health can be helped with food choices. And this is me about 15 pounds heavier on the right. I have cellulite and I have almost no visible muscle definition. I don't take photos of my body and post them online anymore. And if I do, I have clothes on because I have a daughter and I want her to know that she is so much more than her body, like way more. And to be honest, what our body looks like doesn't signify health at all. I'm so much happier, healthier, and have zero food restrictions now at this size. The media never tells the tale of a woman gaining weight because, oh, I'm sorry. The woman never tells the tale of a woman gaining weight and being happier, does it? No, because they don't profit. I was searching for love before, and now I stand still knowing I am love. I am worthy always, regardless of size, income, title, achievements, degrees, grades, cellulite, boobs, no boobs, healthy eating, or eating whatever the F I want. I am worthy always, and so is every woman, and I'll be damned if Scarlett doesn't grow up knowing that. I mean, it, it, it moves me in so many ways, and, and this is the exact reason why I was so excited to have you on the podcast, because the transformation that you've made not only physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, is, I think, an absolute vital one for women to know about today so that they know, they, they know how that they, they can start to honor the self-love and honor the self-acceptance and really start to question what works for them and what doesn't. And I think you are such a beautiful reminder of how far a woman can come. I mean, and I just, and I just thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. I really do. Thank you. Yeah, it's been quite the journey. And um, for a while there, I really thought how far I could come as a woman would mean how far I could manipulate my body into being this ideal. And I actually was just journaling on this last night, how I grew up a rule follower I was a straight A student and I could do all the things that I was supposed to do really well. I mean, if you gave me an assignment, if you introduced anything to me, I could digest it very easily. School was very easy for me. I got straight A's. So I'm a rule follower by nature, a people pleaser that also meant, you know, I wanted to always contort and conform who I perhaps was authentically on the inside to show my teachers, my family, my parents, my peers, something that was acceptable. And so I was realizing last night, I mean, I am the best rule follower and have been, I could check all the boxes, right? So if you give me a diet to follow, I prided myself on being able to follow it perhaps even better than the norm person walking around. You know, when I was a fitness coach, I almost would get angry because clients couldn't just, just follow the diet, you know? Um, and it was such a healing thing for me to realize that 
perhaps their level of consciousness and their level of attunement to their own internal navigation system was actually a bit stronger than mine at the time because they weren't just blindly following a diet or a thing outside of themselves. And so I started to realize as I even journaled on this last night, that so much of my life became this mechanical checking boxes off. You know, I, I got the grades. I graduated from a beautiful college, one of, the, one of the top universities in the world. And I was doing all this surface stuff that I feel really was promised to me as being what would create this life. You know, you get the, bo the body, you check that box, you get the degree, you go to college, you get the A's. I was doing all the things. And I, I tell my partner, Rick, all the time, no one could have done all the things better than me. Meaning like I got the straight A's, you know, it's not like I missed a step back there. So having that knowledge that I really did it and I did it well. And the fact that that wasn't it, you know, so I had created this very surface and mechanical life. And I just shared this with Rick last night. I said, how is someone developing and blooming into who they authentically are here to be, which is this unique soul, this unique speck flame of a person that's trying to ignite? How are we trying to grow into that if we're doing it by checking boxes of a system or a diet or a life that someone else has pre-subscribed to us. Mm. You just can't. You literally cannot. So how did it... <laughs> and it's I, been... I'm, I'm really curious to know how it... Because in the picture, if people haven't seen it, you've got this beautiful, this technically beautiful body, what society consider a perfect body in this picture. And then next to it is this absolutely beautiful, healthy woman, the woman that you are today. But how, what were the small changes that made you think actually something's not right here? Yeah, so I had been doing my fitness stuff. Truth be told, I wasn't working out two, three hours a day. I was doing these short 45 minute workouts, but my nutrition was on. I checked all the nutrition boxes. Like I said, I could follow, you know, a diet to a T. My, uh, my clean eating had kind of taken over my life. In, in truth, it was orthorexia. And I know that I had completely done away with food groups. Um, I had self-subscribed, prescribed, this, I need to be doing this cut out so many things and that was just a way of life it wasn't a I wouldn't even have said I was on a diet but a, a way of life can also be so insane that you're not participating in I, I couldn't go out to eat I couldn't you know enjoy regular social functions I was always eating at home but I that was exalted you know mm -hmm. that was it was something Thing to really, oh my goodness, she doesn't go out to eat. You know, it's like eat at home and save money and cook all your foods and be healthy. And I was that, like I, I was the box checker. I did it all. So um, after doing this for quite some time and I got this body and then mm -hmm. one day, this was probably about a year and a half ago, I was standing in front of my mirror completely naked in my master bath 
in this house and I was just looking at myself and I had that perfect Instagram body. You know, like what I used to salivate over in these photos of these bronzed beauties on the internet, I literally was looking at it in the mirror. I had it now. And if I could tell you or somehow get a woman who is wanting that so badly, if I could share how I felt, the emotion, not just words, but if I could make you feel how I felt in that moment, it was such a deadened feeling. There wasn't this joy or enthusiasm or I didn't feel like I had life by the balls, so to speak. It was an empty, gnawing underwhelmment of nothingness. And so I stood there with not an ounce of cellulite on my entire body, eight pack abs without even flexing. And I said to myself, well, if this isn't it, because clearly it's not, I mean, the joy (laughs) that I was promised is not, you know, overflowing. It's not cascading from within. So if this isn't it, what is it? Like, what else is there? And in that moment, it was almost as if my soul, the heart of who I truly am, not my body, piped up and said, you are what is else, you know? Like, what else is there? And the answer was you. And kind of nothing that my body could become that would add or detract from who I was actually authentically here to be. And that was the moment. Well, I had a very similar moment and listening to you is like, it's like listening to myself and hearing it coming from another woman. It's just even more powerful, more distressing. I'm more proud of how far I've come as I am of you because I know, I know the torment that you went through. I also wouldn't eat out if it wasn't weighed I wouldn't eat it. I sat the amount of times at the lunches, the Sunday lunches that I went out with my beautiful family and I would sit there with a black coffee and I refused to eat. If my kids handed me something saying, mommy, try this, it's, t- it's gorgeous. Like it was like they were sticking poison in my mouth. And I did this all in front of my children. And mine was, wasn't exactly standing in front of a mirror because I never saw, I never, ever saw my abs. I never saw, I also, I was like, I remember my sister pulling me to the side one day saying, you are so thin. What are you doing? Are you okay? And, and people just, there were so many people pulling their hair out with the way in which I was behaving. I didn't enjoy any social functions because I found it incredibly stressful because I would have to eat, which sounds so ridiculous to the outside person that hasn't been there, but it became a proper disorder. It was an eating disorder. And I just couldn't overcome it because it was all based on what I looked like. And I'm ashamed of that now. I'm ashamed and grateful at the same time. But I remember looking back at a picture of myself um, and it was like four months prior um, and it was at one of my check-ins. And I remember that day, I didn't want to have my progress picture taken because I felt so bloated and I felt so fat and I just felt so disgusting because I could see by the look on my face. And I was, I was in that perfect Instagram body. That is who I was. I had the eight pack abs. I had the whole thing going on. And I remember looking back and thinking, I'm, I never saw that. And I never, and I can't, I can't see subjectively how I look now. Therefore, what am I doing? 
because the whole process in which I did it, I'd never been more miserable. I'd never felt more lonely. I'd never felt more conflicted, confused, bored, frustrated, aggravated, tired. I was ill all the time. And there I am selling this healthy eating, this healthy lifestyle. And it was just yeah. a total mockery because I felt like rubbish all the time. One of my, one of my favorite things, and I have a photo that pops up on my time hop or whatever on Facebook, they call it memories, I guess. And there's a photo of me absolutely shredded. And I jokingly it made a caption. I remember I woke up and I felt much like you felt with that progress photo that morning. I felt fat. And so I made a joke out of it because I clearly took this photo and I looked like I was ready for a figure competition. You know, I was so lean. And I took this photo and said, I woke up feeling fat today with like a crying face. Um, just cry for help, to be honest, now that I look in retrospect. But I love sharing this with women. We actually can't feel fat. So when we feel fat, what is an actual description? Do you feel empty? Do you feel disgusted? Do you feel embarrassed? Do you feel lonely? Do you feel... We actually, fat is not a feeling, just like skinny isn't a It's feeling. an object, isn't it? That's right. Right. So, so I love when someone is feeling fat, there's something else going on trying to make itself known to you. And if we just put this wool, this gauzy layer of fat as the descriptor, we miss what's coming up for healing in us we miss addressing the real issue. And it's not an issue like, oh, you have issues. We all, that's why we're here. We're here to self-actualize. We're here to get these things. And if we simply call it fat, we're not understanding and tuning into what our soul and heart is trying to make known. So we can feel depressed. I feel Wor like worthless. I don't feel like I have worth. I don't feel like I'm lovable. But when we really start to dig deeper, then I feel fat, mm. which is impossible. That's when we start to see how we are navigating through this life. And so ashamed of myself. I've struggled with that same looking back and with disgust almost. Um, and it's almost embarrassing too, you know, to have been touting such crazy practices and having women want what I was doing. It's disgusting, right? Um, I, was, I was pouring my coffee today and I was thinking, gosh, you really can follow anyone on the internet. Even if they have degrees in what they're doing and certified, you can follow anyone and it doesn't mean that what they're saying is good for your spirit, you know? And I was pouring my coffee this morning and I thought, gosh, I really did lead a lot of women astray. And for a moment, I felt badly. But having compassion for myself in those moments is so necessary, number one. Um, because I think that the non-compassion or the perfectionist nature is what got us where we were to begin with. And so when I think how beautiful has it been for those women to have been a part of my life during that disordered time, and now they've, they've seen me come full circle. And I think the impact 
is more huge and so potent because they've seen the whole thing as opposed to coming in later when I was way more well-rounded and healthy. So something about our path, our contract in this life brought us together. And I think it's a divine reason that they found me and whoever was around you found you. And when one woman sees someone else beginning to rise, it's almost like you light a candle and that flame starts to get bigger. And when we become more conscious, I think that we see that flame in someone else instead of seeing this body and wanting it. We want that flame more than the body. And that's how I've explained it, having compassion for myself during those past times that have really thrown me for a loop here and there when I recall them. So, so you went, so you had stood in front of the mirror. I just want to take you back to that moment because I so want to know what the process was, if you can sum it up for me, because I know it's been 18 months. Mine has also been 18 months. And I will say, I don't, I think it's something I still to this day struggle with on a very different level, but food still plays um, part of my thought process. It can still play tricks on me um, and I can still buy into it occasionally, especially if I'm tired, especially if I'm stressed. Um, it's like the first place I go to. It's a real, it's, it's probably my most vulnerable area. And it's like my, my devil that I cannot kick. Um, and I've kicked everything else, but this is the one. Um, and some days are great. And some days, some days I really, really struggle with not to weigh a piece of chicken or not to weigh my oats. Um, and I have to fight against it every day, if I'm honest, because I want to and because I want to be healthy and I desperately want to show my children what a healthy lifestyle, a healthy mind, a healthy spirit and a healthy eating practice looks like. That's the most, and, and that's the thing that pulls me through every single time because I can get obsessive like that. So a very long wind, rounded way of asking you, like, what were the steps in getting from that woman stood in front of the mirror saying, is this it? to this self-loving, self-fulfilling, wonderful woman that you are today? I think so the steps, if I recall, from the place that I was standing in front of the mirror, I too, I have a five-year-old daughter, and at that moment, I was so restrictive, I couldn't eat dairy, and I can't eat this, and I was actually doing keto for a little while. And when my daughter was two, she was not conscious of what the heck was going on. I mean, you know, a bomb could go off, and she doesn't you know, cognitively understand what's going on. But as she got closer to four and then five, and there was more interaction between the two of us, I started to notice the same thing. She would, oh, mommy, try this, you know? And it was, no, I can't eat that. 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 And I heard myself one day say that. And I know the struggle that I've been through with starting a, my first diet in seventh grade. Ridiculous. I had zero weight to lose. There was no way I should have been dieting, but it was exalted. I was congratulated. And in that moment, I also knew something has to change surrounding my eating because this is not what I want Scarlett to know. I want her to have absolute food freedom, mm. something that I don't know, you know, that I didn't know at this time. So When I stood in front of that mirror, I continued to work out a little bit and my eating was still, I had a tight grasp on all my craziness, but it got to be to the point where I had nixed out so many food categories. I was doing keto 
which as you know, is, you know, high fat, no carbs, but I wasn't doing dairy because I had created this dairy allergy actually, which I've healed now. Anytime I used to eat dairy, I would get acne all over. And so I was eating keto dairy free. Anyone who is listening and knows keto to do that dairy free, it's really difficult because dairy is a huge, you know, high fat, zero carb. So I was at this point where I couldn't eat anything really. I was eating like five things literally, and I was getting zero pleasure from eating to the point where I didn't even want to eat. You know, there was no joy. I, all the things that I think at this point, if I'm gaining weight or I don't care what happens, I have to be eating more. So I did away with keto and I did away with the dairy thing. And I started doing some deep energetic work around healing these things. And then about three months, no, that was actually later. I'm trying to recall the timeline. That was about seven months after I completely stopped working out. So after I stood in the mirror, about three months after that, I, I like to say that I was kind of told by God or I was moved spirit by spirit to stop working out. And I was an avid gym goer. I mean, I'm talking five, six, seven days a week sometimes. And I literally just stopped cold turkey and I just knew that I had to do that. And at this time, I didn't even know how disordered my thinking was. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, I knew I had to stop. And so I did. And in that time, I still was doing keto. So keto, when you're doing keto, you can stay lean really, really easily. It was a part of you like that was talking to you. The higher self was coming in mm-hmm. from a place you just kind of didn't even recognize. And it had this quiet voice and you thought, right, okay, that's, that's what I need to listen to. Here. Yes. And it's funny you call it higher self because uh, I run an online course where I introduce women to this higher self component that we don't learn in school. No one ever talks about it. And when the women in my course do this exercise, this visualization, and they see their higher self, and they actually are doing this dance with her in this space, it's so beautiful because I had done that. And it was about two months prior to the whole standing in front of the mirror thing. And when I started to meet my higher self, she actually looked totally different than I currently looked. And that scared the crap out of me at first. But then I started to make little movements in my life to become her. And what I, who I saw when I did this visualization that completely changed my life, she was a woman who was, you know, in an able body and she was happy and healthy, but she, I knew in that visualization, she had zero visible muscle. She wasn't sinewy how I was. And I was kind of like, hmm, it really made me think. And so slowly I began to move towards what I saw. And that was not easy because this entire life I had created of force and pushing through and checking the boxes and this hustle culture that I really had bought into, you know, never resting, always doing very masculine behaviors but in actuality, it was like a wounded masculine. It wasn't a divine strength. It was really playing off of such 
wounds that I hadn't healed. So as I began to move towards more of a feminine divine and the power and beauty that that holds, I knew that I had to take a break from working out. And people were flabbergasted. I mean, here's me, who was a health and fitness coach, who was like, if you miss a workout, you know, don't miss a workout, no excuses, all that kind of thing. And I didn't work out from, this was 2018. I stopped working out end of January, and I didn't start working out until maybe November, December of last year. But I bet so it was very different. Year. I bet it was for very, very different reasons. So, so in I, that time, I had to learn yeah. self-love. And this is a really great exercise. I kind of want to share it right now that I do with a lot of my women that I work with coaching now. And when this was introduced to me, it blew my mind. So when I started to work on self-love and acne, actually, there's an emotional cause to every disease. And, you know, I work in energetics now and acne, the emotional cause of acne is self-hatred. And so now I have zero acne. I mean, we're on this call. I know it's a podcast, but you know, you can see my face and it's completely clear. I have, you know, no food issues anymore. Don't restrict dairy. And so as I began to heal this self-hatred that I had for myself, there was this exercise that was so pivotal. And the first time I did it, I almost wanted to throw up because um, I almost couldn't tolerate love in the vessel of who I was. So this is what it go- how it goes. Yeah, please, I, I'm like on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I, so I did this every day, and I still do it every day, but it's, it becomes how I live instead of an exercise that I just participated in. So you, if you have children, this makes it very easy to do because our love for our kids is there in a moment, right? Um, If you don't have children, you can think of someone else, maybe your spouse or a dear grandmother or someone that just holds that special place in your heart. So you want to think of your children. So I'm thinking of Scarlett now and the love that I have for her. And it's like a visceral response, the emotional quality of that love. You're there in a moment. You don't have to build it up. The love I have for Scarlett, it is fiercely present and I don't have to do anything to, you know, stoke the fire, right? So now I want you to energetically hold the, the temperature of that love, the red hot love, the frequency, hold that within your being until you know what that feels like. That, and you're, you're really in your mind, like loving on them, loving on them. I'm picturing Scarlett when she's you know, snuggled up next to me on the couch. Mm. And now I want you to take that same, that same intensity the same concentrated love that you feel for your child. And I want you to turn it and put it on yourself. And for women who struggle with self-love, that is very, very difficult. I mean, because no one ever teaches us how to love ourselves like that. I feel very emotional actually. The minute you said turn it on to yourself, I I wanted to cry. I immediately wanted mm-hmm. to cry. It's that's incredibly 
that it's so beautiful and, and I mean I could sit here and and I, and I want to and I actually as when I get off this podcast I'm going to go and do that properly because I want to give it the space and the time that it actually deserves because it's an incredibly beautiful practice and for anyone listening at home I really do encourage you to try that with yourself because we never ever allow that space for ourselves we'll give it to other people and then we can end depleted but where is where is where is that time for ourselves it's so imperative in order to grow in order to thrive in order to learn and in order to love in order to be the love that we want to be for everybody else in our life then we have to be able to give it to ourselves and that's the one area and it's a conscious when we're when we're learning self-love and the women i work with and that when i first started this if love was a food which it is the life force that keeps us well i was malnourished for love i literally was like a starving child there was no love and that's why diseases were coming up and i was just not functioning at my highest and so doing this exercise it took conscious for I had to sit there and love myself. And it felt so weird at first. Like, I'm like, what am I doing? This is so weird. But it got a little bit easier, a little bit easier. And I did that every day for a minimum of 15 minutes, even if it had to be broken up into three sessions. I actually had a photo of, it was a painting on my phone. So I would remember to love myself. It was a painting of a mom coddling a child. And I needed to coddle myself like that. And so as you do this exercise, you know, day one is going to be hell. <laughs> day two will still be hell. But I've moved into this arena that that love that's in that visualization or that exercise, that's the love that I 100% continuously walk around with for myself. And I know if it's getting low. I'm so attuned to the frequency of love within my being that if it's getting low, there's a boundary that's been violated either by me or someone else. And I understand what I need to do to course correct. So many women, men too, but women is who I work with, walk around like a barren wasteland. And it's been years since we've ever felt that intensity of love. And so we try to create from a place of desertedness, lack of love, malnutrition. And we try to be, we try to have a relationship. Parent you know, be and the foundation, we have no scaffolding, you know, there's no foundation for and us to really so build. Dependent. We get so codependent, don't we, on all the other relationships in our life for them to love us, for them to validate us, for them to look at us, see us, hear us, because we're not offering that to ourselves. And then the minute that goes away, it, it, one of those relationships goes away, or they don't behave how we expect them or need them to behave, then we're in trouble, right? And I've always said this, and I say this to my women also, that I coach, because I only coach women, and I always say to them, it has to come from you first, because once it's yours, it's always yours. And there's not one mm -hmm. single person on the planet that gets to take that away from you, because you have owned it, you have earned it, you have learned it, and you get to keep it. And it's the most beautiful part of becoming who you are as a person is just understanding all that you are rather than being so tuned into all that you are not. And then we start to create these behaviors around it. Absolutely. I feel like before this journey, 
I like to say that every morning when I woke up before this journey of love, I was very thirsty for love. And I feel like I would go everywhere looking for a drop of water, my partner, my kids, my, my job, all my followers. And I was just like, someone give me something. This is people pleasing behavior. This is, I need validation behavior. And so this person would give me a drop. Yeah, this person would give me a drop. These comments would give me a drop. If my body was good enough and someone complimented it would give me a drop. But every day I had to start out because I did start out over again because I didn't have that well rising up to give, quench my thirst from within. And so that becomes exhausting. And that's how I think that women who are lacking self-love feel. It's exasperating. You actually have zero. And every day, it's like a journey. You're scavenging for love everywhere, flipping over every rock. And the media will promise you it in getting all this cash and having this job and getting this body. So that's why you chase. And so I just decided I'm going to practice this self-love, this visualization. I am going to be the well. And that's how, how I was able to say in that post we started this off with, I stood still and understood that I am love and I'm worthy regardless. There's no extenuating factors that contribute to that. And when that well began to really spring forth within, I was nourished in a way I can't even describe. And now if I get a compliment, great. If they don't like my hair or body or whatever, great. It's not for you anyway. And moving on. I mean, that has been so, and it is such a simple thing because I used to live for them. I used to, mm. and I, I, you know, it's not an easy thing to admit, yes. but I'm so far removed from that now I can that I used to live for someone to comment on, oh God, you must work out, or oh, I like your hair, or anything, anything to do with my aesthetic. I needed that compliment. And if I didn't get it, I would start to go into complete and utter decline and question every part of my being. And now when people compliment me, it's, it doesn't even, yes, it's very pleasant. It's a, it's a very nice energy that's being exchanged between two people, but that's it. Because myself- so it's not feeding you. Myself was completely different. Yes. And my, my identity and my self-worth is not dependent on it. So it makes no difference how you see me because I know how I see me. And that's all that ultimately matters. Something really beautiful that I once heard and I thought, yes, this is it. It was in a podcast actually. And she said, if you grow up and I'm going to be a little forward and say, you know, we grew up looking socially ideal, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're a pretty woman. I, I, I have modeled before, you know, it, it would be silly for us to say that our body isn't the ideal. Our face isn't the ideal. We're, we're close to the canon of beauty, whatever that is. And so on a podcast, I heard that when you grow up like that and people are always complimenting you on your looks, yeah. you start to learn that that is important and that you almost have nothing else to offer it's a currency <clears throat> isn't it it's a currency right you get to rely on yeah and you start to live this life where you're only as good as your last compliment so they better keep coming <laughs> wow and you chase them yeah and having a daughter who is very beautiful at five I mean, all children are beautiful, but I see she has that socially stand, that standard of beauty. 
And I so want her to know that she is so much more than that and not be chasing these compliments. And so when I began to look at her and everything that I was doing, and there was this disparaging, huge difference between how I wanted her to function and how I was functioning, oh, yes. that was such a huge impetus for my change. Mm -hmm. And knowing I don't have to compliment her beauty, no one has to compliment my beauty, and just stand still and know I'm worthy, irregardless. I have to say, my kids have been such a pillar of strength for me in terms of me stepping up to be the role model that they deserve. Not even the one that I want to be, but the role model that they deserve. I'm raising women. And from the minute I had these girls, I was always aware that I was raising women. And Absolutely. everything I do is always in the interest of who they're going to be as women, who they want to be as women, how they, how they want to be as women. And they get to be however they want now. Therefore, they have to see because every, their idea of woman, their representation of what a woman is, is me. And that comes with right. obligation and responsibility. But ultimately, that is such a privilege such a privilege that I get to provide that for them. So therefore, and that was one of the things I thought, right, you've got to sort this out. So every time, and that's something that keeps me very, very solid and grounded in who I am and very much invested in the work that I do on myself because I always want them to be able to look at me and say, like, like that, how can I put it? That's not a standard, but yeah, I get that. You know, my mum went out and she did everything that she wanted to do and she tried her hardest and yes, she failed. And no, she was certainly not perfect. Like I always try and when I forget something and they're like, oh, you've forgotten again. I'm, yep, I've forgotten because I'm really forgetful and that's okay because there's no, I, I don't want to be a perfect woman. I don't want to be a perfect role model because that's not a role model. That's just giving them something to aspire to. And I want them to be able to just be whoever it is they want to be. Therefore, I'm very comfortable, luckily, showing them my imperfections, showing them my flaws, if that's what you want to call them, but showing them all of me, showing them everything. I think it's so important. I grew up not really understanding that adults were fallible. Yeah. I just thought when you kind of became an adult, you had all the answers. And so it's really been important for me to apologize to even my five-year-old if it's needed and share when I have messed up because I want her to, instead of growing up and thinking, gosh, well, I'm really messing up. Mom never apologized or showed her vulnerability. I really have moved into a space where what I want her to become must be what I am being as the example. And it's someone who goes out to eat and has amazing social times and interactions. That's what I want for her. One of the most beautiful times for me since quitting all the food restriction and weighing and all this craziness, it was with my family, my family of three. We were shopping at a grocery store and Scarlett was hungry. We opened that bag up and we were all eating it. And as we're eating, going down the aisle, our hands are all full of, full of cheddar cheese. I literally got tears in my eyes because it's, it's these simple moments that I really missed. 
I missed so many of them and I'm so happy she's only five now because I really missed a lot of these, these silly, simple moments because I was leaning into the mirror where I should have been leaning into experiencing life. And it's been just this really huge full circle as I've reflected and thought when I'm 80 someday or however old I am when I'm rocking on a rocking chair someday, I really don't think that any woman, and I really don't think that I will say, gosh, I had the perfect body. I really did life well. Yes. Or gosh, I was, I was thin. I was thin. It's not an accomplishment. No. It just, is it? Well, unfortunately, it is. To, to our society, it is an accomplishment because the amount of people that will say to, to I hear it all the time because I work with women all the time. They'll say, wow, you've lost weight. You look great. It is an accomplishment. I know that at the other end of the scale, because I pushed it as far as I could, that there's no, there's no medal for, for having a six pack or an eight pack. And interestingly, my husband hated me like that. He hated me like that. And he, he is, he just absolutely adores the way I look now. And all of that, all of that, and I am 10 pounds heavier. That's it. I'm 10 pounds heavier and I get to live my life how I choose to live. Now, I'm still a healthy eater because I enjoy eating healthy, fresh, colorful food. But that's because I enjoy it and that's because I want to nourish my body, not because I want it to look a certain way. And there's a big right. difference in that. There's a massive difference in that. Yes, I still work out, I still work out loads, but that's because I like to move and it helps me mentally and it helps me just dispel any negative energy that I've got going on and I get it out. So I do all of these things because I love my body, I respect my body, and that is a complete flip side of why I used to do it. Mm -hmm. I used to do it because I hated my body. Yesterday was the first day I had been back to the gym in a year. I started working out doing at-home stuff, you know, lifting weights here. Last night was the first day back in a year from the gym. And it was an overwhelmingly positive experience. But, you know, I had my headphones in, I've got my music going. And I used to go to the gym with a sports bra and shorts on. I mean, I, I had no, it was a sight to be seen, I thought, you know. And it was so nourishing to really go in there and do my workout for the first time, you know, a, a leg workout with machines and everything in a year. And to really be doing it and all my movements were filled with love mm -hmm. instead of chasing because I was filled with lack. And the difference was so palpable for me because I was never sizing myself up. I wasn't ever looking in the mirror going, oh, well that, I mean, when I was lean, I don't know if you did this, but I would constantly self-objectify, self it's called. You know, when we look at ourselves and we become the observer of our body. When I was lean, I would, oh, my waist is too thick and my, my butt, I gotta do more glute stuff and constantly. Constant. And I don't do that to myself. Yeah, I don't, it's funny because now with 15 pounds more on my body, I don't ever do that to myself. Instead, I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn, I, I look awesome. <laughs> I love myself. You know, it's just such a more organic and natural love because it's filled with love and joy instead of chasing.
Oh, I've lost you. That I pull my down for me. Hello. Hi, I think I'll, the internet connection went down for a second there. I oh, mean, okay. I mean, yes, 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 and yes. And I mean, I look in the mirror now, but it's a very different experience. I look in the mirror just from like a technical point of view. Is everything going? Have I got a stain on me? Like, do I look okay? Okay, let's go. Yeah. I still like to look nice. I'm still very girly. I still like to engage in makeup and blow dry my hair and because I really enjoy it. And yes, I like to put on nice clothes and feel great as any woman does, but not to the risk of my mental health not to the risk of my family and not at the risk of my joy. I'm just not willing to put that on the line ever, ever, ever again. And I am so grateful for that moment where I looked back at that picture and said, well, if that wasn't going to bring me joy, then what the hell is? And from that moment, and it, it sounds like that was the same for yours. I went on the most incredible journey of my life. I found coaching. I found how to help other women through all of this and and I'm extremely grateful for all of it because I wouldn't be the woman that I am today and I certainly wouldn't be the mother that I am today. Absolutely. And I think that it's important to really, in learning self-love or if you're gaining weight or whatever you're going through, you know, you said you still like to do makeup and I have makeup on now and I, I you know, I, I have really curly hair and I straighten it now and it's just what I, how I like to express myself. And if we live in a culture where we're not ever going to get away from beauty or, you know, taking care of our body, which we shouldn't, you know, we need to take care of our body, but even like putting makeup on, you can love yourself and still put makeup on. You can love yourself and still eat healthy. Right. But when, when we take beauty and what our body looks like and how we're putting makeup on and all, all that that comes, let's all put it in a basket instead of that being the most, that's the number one thing when we line up our, our important things in our life. For me, for a while, that was it. It was the number one thing. Yeah. I can just take everything in that basket and say, I can still do all this from a place of love. It just doesn't have to be the most important thing. I think that like our society is such a hit or miss, all or nothing. You know, it's like, well, if I, if I love myself, then I can't put makeup on. You know, yeah. it's, there's a balance and it looks different for every woman yes but saying you know it just doesn't have to be that important it can still importance can still be you could still get hair extensions if you want or you can still go to the gym five days a week but it doesn't have to be the thing that your well, life is centered around and I think that's yeah and I do still go to the gym five days a week but not because I hate my body, but because I enjoy it. It's as simple as that. And it became as simple as that. It wasn't a simple process to get from A to B. Oh my God, it was the longest process of my life. But it is actually that simple. It's never easy, but it is simple. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You could give the people listening to this one piece of advice. If they're struggling with something within themselves, what would it be? The one piece of advice would probably be to do that visualization, that energy exchange of self-love. And if that's difficult for you, don't feel like you're a failure. If it's difficult for you, which it's difficult for probably about 90% of women. And I think that learning that that's difficult for you is such a beautiful piece 
because when you if when or if you squirm when love is flooding into your body energetically it means this is where you you get to heal this is where you get to know more about yourself instead of doing all these mechanical things to kind of pull the wool over our eyes or put band-aids over wounds that your soul your heart is like hello please help me please help me you know and for for years i was doing the band-aid thing you know i was checking all the boxes but it's only when we stand still and really do that work and we say if i'm ready to heal something what is it and then start to turn within you're never going to find an instagram account that shows you how to be you no one is an expert in you no one has your body no one you know when i started to understand that no one knows how to be jessica scott there's not any boxes to check no one could tell me how to be Jessica Scott in school. And so that gave me just this beautiful permission to see what was there underneath all that body stuff, that self-objectification that I was doing. And everyone listening, there's a beautiful you that's so unique and so amazing. And the world needs that, not a perfect shell of a body. And so. That's what I would have you lean into. That is so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. I mean, I absolutely adore seeing you on Instagram. I adore seeing your posts every day. You, you inspire me every day to be a better, more whole woman than I already am. So thank, thank you. you. The feeling is mutual. When I first saw your account, I thought, gosh, this girl gets it. She gets my journey and it has been so great because I don't think that there's a ton of us. I say us, like women who have done both ends of the spectrum and now found our happy medium. And so when I first saw you as well, I thought she gets my journey. She gets where I've been and it's such a beautiful thing. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. How insightful and wise is Jessica? I mean, I could talk to that woman forever. And if you take anything from today's episode, let it be the self-love exercise, which I really, it really was truly beautiful exercise. So just take five minutes, 10 minutes, and give yourself that gift of what it feels like to truly and utterly and completely love yourself. I know it sounds a bit out there, but honestly, the results and the feeling that you will be left with is totally and utterly empowering. Always feel free to let me know on my email, nicole at nicolegoodman.co.uk, and please always stay in touch with me. I love to hear uh, what you like to hear about, what you would like me to talk about, so feel free to get in touch. I upload a new episode every Monday. Always look out for femaling, and thank you once again for tuning in.